Psalm 34, verse 7. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. That ought to give us great comfort tonight. To know that the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Father, again, we need the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And my prayer tonight is you'd add your blessings to the Word of God and let it go forth and accomplish what you send it to do that it may bring forth fruit unto everlasting life. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated tonight. This is my thought. The encamping angel. The encamping angel. Will you repeat that with me, please? The encamping angel. Hallelujah. Now that is a wonderful, wonderful thought. Now the Bible has a lot to say about angels. You know that. In both the Old Testament and in the New Testament. The, 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 the thought normally behind this verse of Scripture, and I don't say that it is altogether incorrect, that the the host, the great host of angels are encamping around the people of God. We know from the book of Hebrews that angels are ministering spirits sent forth to them, to minister to them, who shall be the heirs of salvation. Always liked from a little boy that artist rendition, there were these two little children. I used to see it in the doctor's office. I remember that from a little boy. Our doctor had this picture on the wall in one of his uh, rooms there. And there were two children, a little boy and a little girl. It was at night. And they were walking across an old wooden bridge, a rickety bridge. And you could tell that the bridge, a part of the, the, the footboards and the railings had fell off of it, and others were just hanging there, ready to fall. And they were making a precarious journey across that rickety wooden bridge. But then, off to the side, there was a big angel that was looking on. And it was as if the angel was their guardian and the angel was helping them across that wooden bridge. Well, tonight, I believe that if our spiritual eyes could be open, we would see angels encamping round about us right here in this service, right here in this church. They might be lined around the walls. They may be sitting in a place there 
empty spot on the seat beside you. We just don't know. We can't see them. But I do know when it comes to this matter of salvation and the plan of salvation, the angels desire to look into it. And there are multitudes upon multitudes of angelic beings. You remember Jacob when he was fleeing to Haran that one night he came to a place and, and, and he lay on the ground, used a stone for his pillow, and he had a dream and there was a ladder that was set up. The foot of it was on the earth, the top of the ladder reached to heaven and in that dream he saw the angels of God ascending and descending that ladder. I believe that that uh, literally happens, that angels are continually moving back and forth from earth to heaven. And God sends them on special missions to help and to enable the children of God. There are times when you may have been in great danger and there was may have been an angel that kept you from physical harm and may have spared your life even. We just don't know. But we do know that these angelic beings are many in multitude. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds as they kept watch over the flock by night. And he said, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And the Bible says, Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And there's a passage of Scripture in the book of Hebrews that I particularly uh, love. And the writer says, this is in Hebrews 12 and 22, But ye are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. That that, that phrase there, an innumerable company of angels, that makes reference to myriads and myriads of angelic beings, tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands, maybe millions upon millions of angelic beings. The number is so great that he calls it an in Numerable, an innumerable company of angels. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, and uh, when the soldiers came to take him in the garden, you remember that one of the disciples took a sword and he smote the ear of the high priest's servant off. And Jesus told him, said, put up your sword said, don't you know that right now I could call 12 legions of angels. A legion in a Roman army consisted of 6,000 soldiers. So if a legion 
his 6,000 than he had at his disposal that night at least 72,000 angels. You remember back in the Old Testament that there was one angel that slew 185,000. One angel slew 185,000 soldiers in the Assyrian army. So what could 72,000 soldiers have done if Jesus had prayed that prayer for them to come and to deliver him? So angels, they, they are ministering spirits. And I want to tell you tonight that in times of revival, history bears this out, as does the book of Acts. In times of great revival, and in times of the great outpourings of the Holy Ghost upon the church, angels are very active ministering to the needs of the people of God. Angelic beings are there. And, and, and you remember that from Acts 12 when the angel came to Peter when he was imprisoned by Herod. And that night as he lay between uh, the soldiers, the angel of the Lord came and delivered him and led him out, uh, out of the prison house. So angels have always been very active in times of great revival. When I was just a boy, we grew up in the Pentecostal Holiness Church, and there was a missionary, Brother Guswin, who used to come around to the churches. In fact, he wrote a book. Anna and myself got thinking about that book here a few days ago, and we started searching for it. It's called The Burning Candle. And, and he was a missionary to Africa. Back in those days, Africa was called the Dark Continent. And the reason for that is because there was not much gospel in that continent. And the natives that lived in some of those countries lived in the jungles and their lives were given to voodoo religion. And so Brother Geschwin and his wife went to Africa to preach to the natives there and to carry the message of Jesus Christ. And he told the story about an old voodoo witch doctor that got saved in one of the meetings. And that witch doctor told him this story. He said, missionary, one night I came to your hut to kill you. Said, you've been preaching this gospel in this village and people are getting saved. And it was hurting my business. Hurting my business. And so I set out to kill you and to do away with you. And I crept up the trail one night through the jungle. And I came to your hut but said there was a shining man, a big shining man who was walking back and forth in front of your hut and said, that man scared me. He put fear in my, in my heart and said, I waited there in the night, hiding in the bushes, waiting for that shining man to go away. But he stayed there all night long as if he were guarding your hut, and said, on over into the night. It was beginning to get close to morning. 
said, I crept back down the trail and, and uh, I left. And the Holy Ghost dealt with that witch doctor and he came to a service and the Lord wonderfully saved him. Well, Brother Gaswin knew that it was none other than the angel of the Lord who had protected him from death that night. So angels, angels are these ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who are the heirs of salvation. Now our text tonight says that the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. This could be a mighty host of angels that are encamping round about the people of God. And this psalm, again, was written by David. And David was in a region of the wilderness of Judea that was called Adullam. Prior to his coming to Adullam, you know that David fled to Gath. Gath was in Philistine territory. And at this part of David's life, Saul is pursuing him. Saul wants to kill David. And the anointing of God has left Saul. And God had chosen a man after his own heart to take the kingdom, to take the kingdom in place of Saul. God had rejected Saul because of his disobedience. And David was the man chosen by God to replace him. And Saul knew that. And so Saul was out to kill David. And he was pursuing David. David was a fugitive. And he was pursuing him all throughout the realm of his kingdom. And so David had fled to Gath. And there was uh, a king there in Gath. I think in 1 Samuel he's referred to as Achish. In other places he has a name called Abimelech. But David fled to Gath, and, and some of the king's counselors, they said, now, is not this David whom they sang about? They said, Saul hath killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. And that was talking about the Philistines that David had killed. And so David was not held in a favorable sight. In, in Achish's eyes. And so David feigned himself to be a madman. And he let the spittle dribble down on his beard. And he kind of graveled around on the threshold of the doors. And just feigned himself to be a madman so that he could make his escape out of Gath. And he did. He left Gath fled Gath, and he went to Adullam. Adullam was up in the mountainous region of the wilderness of Judea, not too far from Gath, but it's just a barren wasteland. In fact, today, if you would go to that part of Israel, it's just nothing there. It's just a rugged, mountainous area. There's no greenery, no undergrowth, no vegetation, that grows there, 
And it's just a rugged place that is filled with caves. Filled with caves. And so David fled to the cave of Adullam. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel that David's family came to Adullam there. And then there were men who fled and came to David also. And they were in dire circumstances. Some were in trouble. Others maybe have, uh, were just in a, a situation of poverty. And so they came to David. They realized that God's hand was upon David and that David could be their fearless leader. And that's where he began to gather around him this army of 400 men and even some of his mighty men that are listed over there in 2 Samuel after he became king, some of his mighty men came to him there when he was hiding in the cave of Adullam. And this was a very hard, troublesome time for David. Saul was in pursuit of him. And Saul had men stationed throughout the kingdom that would report to him at time where David had been sighted. And David was able, through the help of the Lord, to escape the hand of Saul over and over again. And then there was the city of Gath that he had fled from, just a few miles away. Gath was the home of Goliath. Goliath, whom David had slain the giant. You remember that story? And David had slain Goliath with a sling and a stone. But the thing about it is Goliath had brothers who were living probably in Gath. And so you have David in the hold or the cave of Adullam, and his men are gathering themselves to him. And they may be across on the other side of the mountain. There's Saul in search of David, wanting to kill him. And then there are the Philistines down in Gath. And David has nowhere to go. He has nobody to turn to. Have you ever felt that way in your life? But it was in that situation, in that time of dire trouble and hardship, that David penned this song. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Isn't that something now? David knew that God was with him and that these angels were with him also. Now one thing in this verse I would like for you to pay particular attention to is the word angel is in the singular form. It's not plural. He didn't say the angels of the Lord, but he said the angel of the Lord. Now I want to refer back to Genesis 22. You'll remember this story. When Abraham carried his son Isaac up onto Mount Moriah to offer him as a burnt offering unto the Lord. Abraham had arrived at the place on Moriah that God had told him about. 
he built an altar of stones. And his son Isaac, Isaac was probably a teenager at that time. Isaac actually is a very beautiful type of Christ because he willingly allowed his father Abraham uh, to do this to him. And Isaac is bound to the altar. And Abraham stands at that altar with knife in hand, ready to slit the throat of his only son, his beloved son, Isaac. And the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord speaks to Abraham and says, Abraham, do him no harm. And you know the story. Abraham looked and there was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns And Abraham was able to take the ram and offer it in place of Isaac on the altar. My point is, the angel of the Lord appeared to Abraham and told him to do the child no harm. Now, listen closely. In the Old Testament, there actually were times when God would appear in a form of an angel to his people. That is called a theophany. This was a theophany that Abraham had. It was the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord was Jesus Christ. And the reason we know that is over in the book of Judges, there was a man named Manoah, and he had a wife that the angel of the Lord appeared to and told her that she was going to bear a son. And that son, of course, would be Samson. And she had this angel appear to her and told her and gave her that message. And so when the angel left, she went and told her husband, Manoah, said, the angel of the Lord came and told me that I was going to have a son. And so he said, I want to see that angel. And I want to hear that message. So they prayed. And the angel of the Lord came back. And Manoah was there. And he gave the same message again. Said, Manoah, your wife is going to have a son. And he's going to deliver Israel. And Manoah began to inquire to that angel, What is your name? And the angel said, Why do you seek after my name? Seeing that it is secret, secret. That word secret in the Hebrew means wonderful. The name of the angel was wonderful. And we go over into the book of Isaiah, and he talks about the Jesus when he comes, his name shall be called wonderful. <laughs> Hallelujah to God. So over and over. The angel of the Lord in the form of a theophany would come and appear to the children of God. In Genesis 31, when Jacob had the call to return to Bethel, it was the angel of the Lord who appeared to him and gave him that call. In Genesis 48, when... uh, Jacob was about to pronounce the paternal blessings upon the children of Joseph. 
He spoke of the redeeming angel, the Lord, who had kept him through those many years of trouble. In Joshua chapter 5, when Joshua was about to go over and to take the promised land, the first city that they would encounter would be Jericho. One night there, one evening, Joshua was out, and I believe he was praying, and he was meditating. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, told him, said, Joshua, take your shoes off. Hallelujah. For the place that you stand is holy ground. And he revealed himself as the captain of the Lord's host. It was Jesus, an Old Testament appearing there of Jesus. And he appeared as the angel of the Lord. You can go into Isaiah chapter 63, and I want to find this verse and read it to you. I love this. In Isaiah chapter 63 and verse 9, and the prophet says that in all their affliction he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them, saved them in his love And in his pity, he redeemed them, and he bare them, and carried them all the days of old. Talking about the angel of the Lord, who is the protector and the guardian of the people of God. Now, David again, he says, The angel of the Lord encampeth around them that fear him. David, a fugitive, he's in this rocky hold of a dulem. I mean, nothing but barren rocks there. And he is reminded that the angel of the Lord is with them. I suspect that if his mighty men and those 400 men that had gathered themselves to him, they look around, they probably see nothing but rock. Nothing but rock. Nothing but barrenness, nothing but solitude, nothing but trouble. But in this passage, we find that David is reminded of an experience that Jacob had. When Jacob left Haran and he came back down to Bethel, along the way, he stopped at a place called Mahanium. Mahanium. And it was in this place where Jacob's heart was filled with fear because he knew that he was entering territory that belonged to Esau, his brother. And 20 years prior, when Jacob had left Beersheba and had gone to Haran, he didn't leave home under good circumstances. You remember that he had stolen the, the, the paternal blessing that Isaac was going to place on Esau. Jacob feigned himself to be Esau, and he stole his blessing. And so Esau made a vow. He said, the days of mourning for my father are at hand. He knew that Isaac was going to die. And he said, after a father dies, then I'm going to kill Jacob. And so Jacob had to leave. Under bad circumstances, 20 years later, now he's coming back home. And he's not coming alone. 
He's got these wives now, and they're handmaidens, and he's got 12 sons and a daughter that's with them, and they've got herds of sheep and goats and, and cattle and all of his wealth. He's coming. But Jacob is afraid because of his brother Esau. He remembers the vow that Esau had made. So he encamps this night in Mahanium. Mahanium means two camps. And that night he had a vision and he saw the angelic host of the Lord. The angelic host of the Lord. And that's why he called the place Mahanium. Here was Jacob's camp, the first camp of his family, his wives, his sons, all of his belongings. But then there was the heavenly host, the camp of the angels of God. And so Jacob knew that he was being protected and that God was going to go with him and help him when he faced Esau in just a few days. Again, this should give us great hope tonight. In days of uncertainty, in days when we've got a lot of questions, we got to remember that the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. The Lord is encamped around you. The Lord is the captain of the host of the Lord. God is watching over Bethel Church. God's angelic host is all about this church. And I want to tell you, church people, tonight, if you are faithfully following God and continuing on in your service and your duties to God, you have the Lord, the angel of the Lord, encamping round about you. You may not see him. You may not even know he is there. But I'm telling you, his presence is with you. His presence is with you. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. Now listen. The circumstances of David were totally different from those of Jacob. He had heard that story, I'm sure, of of Jacob and the encamping host. But Jacob was coming to face an angry family member, he thought. He thought. And so he was fearful. And so here's David now with a few men that's gathered about him. They probably are fearful too. There's the Philistines in Gath. Maybe Goliath's brothers are there. And they know that David killed Goliath. And then on the other side of the mountain, there's Saul and the armies of Israel. And they're pursuing David. His circumstances, though similar, are different from Jacob's. But listen, the protection and the deliverance of God takes on whatever form his child needs. You see, it takes on whatever form his children need. 
You may have circumstances that are different from David's or different from Jacob's, but the protecting angel of God is going to protect you in the way that you need. You understand that tonight? His protection, His oversight, it takes on the form that your circumstance requires. David needed safety and protection. Joshua needed assurance. He was facing the Canaanites. And so the Lord appeared to him as captain of the Lord's host. There was a time in Isaiah's life when King Uzziah died. And Uzziah was a great king. He was the mighty ruler of Israel. But he died. And Isaiah had thoughts in his heart what was going to happen to Israel. But he had a vision. And he saw the Lord high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. And God assured Isaiah that he was the one in control. Even though Uzziah may have been king, it ultimately was God who was in control and ruling and leading and directing the affairs of the nation of Israel. Can I bring it home personal to you tonight? Your leader, God took him home, Brother Smith. For whatever reason, God knows best. He took him home. But I want to tell you, as much as we love him, this is no disrespect to Brother Smith, none at all, because I love him. He was a friend. He called me and helped me in my times of need. But I can tell you one thing. It's God's church. After all, it's God's church. And even in the absence of this great man, you people have the Holy Ghost within you. And you have the ability to carry on and do the work that God wants you to do until he sees fit to send you a shepherd. The angel of the Lord is encamping about you. And it is God's church. And he takes care of his church the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You're in the midst of trouble. But in that trouble, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Don't let the trouble hide the hope. Don't let the trouble get bigger than the hope. Because the angel of the Lord encamps round about you. I mean to tell you, God touched this man today and has brought healing. I know he's here. He was here this morning, brother Eugene, and he's here tonight. He's here to help you, my dear sister, whatever your need is. My brother, he can save your friend, though you be hundreds of miles away. He's here. He's with you, brother Randy, when you're standing out there on the street corners. He's with you, Brother Jerry Griffin, in your love and dedication and ministry to God. He's with you, Brother Esteban, 
and you'll work for God. I'd love to come to every one of you and assure you, but you have him with you. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivers them. He is your deliverer. And deliverance is coming. Deliverance is coming, Brother David. Hallelujah. Deliverance is coming, church. Hallelujah to God. Let me tell you, give you another example. The children of Israel had left Egypt, led by Moses. But there was an unseen leader. An unseen leader. I mean, God chose Moses to lead them out. But the Bible says that there was a pillar of cloud that led them by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now listen closely. This just wasn't a big old fluffy cloud. I mean, it was more than that. Because in Exodus 13, it tells us that the Lord was in the cloud. The angel of the Lord was in the cloud. And you know the story of how they got to the shores of the Red Sea. And by this time, Pharaoh done said, we done made a big mistake. Said, we done let them go. Said, we got to go get them, bring them back. And so the Egyptians pursued them. And they saw them coming. The children of Israel saw them coming. And they just went all to pieces. What are we going to do? Well, the Bible tells us that that cloud just picked up. And it moved to the rear of the camp of Israel. And that night, it was, gave light to the camp of Israel. But it was darkness to the Egyptians. And Moses had lifted up that rod, stretched it out over the sea there. And there was that east wind that blew all night. You remember that. And it just dried up a path across that Red Sea. And the children of Israel passed over. And got to the other side. Now the Egyptians thought they could do the same thing. But the Bible in the 14th chapter of Exodus tells us that the Lord looked through that cloud down towards the Egyptians. And the Lord caused the chariot wheels to fall off when the army, Egyptian army, was in the midst of the sea. You see, he troubled the host of the Egyptians. It was the angel of the Lord in the cloud. And the story is that, the, that when the, the Israel was safe on the other side, Moses lifted up that rod and the sea returned to its full strength and Pharaoh and his army died in the Red Sea. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. So whatever it is tonight, your problem, your trouble, your circumstance, your test, if you're weak, the angel of the Lord will be your strength. If you're sorrowful, then the angel of the Lord is going to be your consolation. If you're fearful, the angel of the Lord is going to be your 
assurance because He hasn't forgotten you. Mahanium is a place where every child of God is going to find themselves. You are at Mahanium tonight. You are at Mahanium. But don't forget, Mahanium means two camps. You got the camp of the church, Bethel Church, if I may make the application. But then there is the host of God, led by Jesus Christ, who is captain of the Lord's host. And they are encamping round about you. You're safe. You're secure. As long as you'll stay within that place and within the bounds of security, there ain't a devil in hell that can touch you. He may rant. He may threaten. He may breathe out his slaughter. He may make you think that he's greater than God. But I'm telling you, he ain't nothing but a fallen angel. That's all he is is a fallen angel. For greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. The angel of the Lord encamping round about them that fear him. And don't forget those last three words, and delivereth them. He's going to deliver. Will you stand?